this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, Wednesday, uh, 27 September, Year of Our Lord, 2023. Uh, Julie Kelly has uh, agreed. She's rolled over from the, the previous hour. Julie, I want to go back to this because there's a lot of confusion and they're up. You know, they've had this intense debate all day long about the DHS uh, budget, the DHS, uh, what's happening at DHS. You're going to have FBI, DOJ, all of it here shortly. Um, this one I understand. Why is this? There there's, appears to be a coddling of Ray Epps and, and they've just done enough to kind of uh, say, oh, look, uh, right wing media of Julie Kelly and uh, and Darren Beatty and Raheem Kassam uh, and uh, and War Room, okay. et cetera. These guys are uh, they're, they're they're yeah, they're out of control. The conspiracy theorists What I don't understand this Epps situation. I understand where these guys have gone. A belt suspender and another belt on all these other people wandering through the Capitol and giving them upgraded terrorism charges. How can they make, how can, according to you, it's a, what, 45-minute miss just in the tape itself, in addition as all kind of additional activities, ma'am? So that is the big question, and we have been told to shut up that we're conspiracy theorists, that there's nothing to this. Ray Epps now is a victim. He gets these sympathetic profiles in the corporate media. He had this, you know, glowing interview with 60 Minutes where he told at least part of his story. So now more than 32 months later, he's finally charged. We now know based on this video evidence, the DOJ lied about his activity. We know that Ray Epps lied to the January 6th Select Committee. So there's two thoughts. Number one is that Ray Epps has filed this defamation lawsuit against Fox News for suggesting that he was a government agent who provoked the events of January 6th. That lawsuit is still pending. And ironically, it's pending before Judge Noriega, who was the judge that scuttled the Hunter Biden sweetheart plea deal. So that's sort of an interesting wrinkle there. Also, the trial, well, now it will be a bench trial of Ryan Samsel, the man in the red hat, who Ray Epps whispered to right before Ryan and others um, tossed down or tore down this metal rack barrier near the Peace Circle at about 12.55 that day. There's conflicting reports. And in fact, I interviewed Ryan Samsel a few months ago, and he backtracked on what he initially told the FBI, which is that Ray Epps said, hey, calm down. These are the police. They're here to help us. What Ryan Samsel told me a few months ago, and Ryan Samsel has been in jail, transferred to numerous prisons since his arrest in January of 2021. DOJ, at the same time they're protecting Ray Epps, has delayed Ryan Samsel's trial now for almost three years, Steve. It is now scheduled to start next month. So the, what Ryan Samsel told me is that Ray Epps said, hey, just calm down. We've got more, don't push. We've got more people coming. That's what Ryan Samsel told me that 
Ray Epps actually said. Now, is that true? I don't know, but Ray Epps will have to testify under oath on a stand, on the stand if he's called as either defense or government witness in Ryan Samsel's trial, exactly what he said. Because no other witness will be more relevant in Ryan Samsel's trial than Ray Epps. So is this a way to, you know, sort of plead him out, protect him in a way? I will tell you that his plea agreement only covers the activity until about 12.15, it, excuse me, 2.15. It only relates to the statement of offense and what the DOJ detailed. Well, now we know, DOJ knows and Ray Epps knows that he was on restricted grounds for at least another 40 minutes. Is that sort of the hammer that DOJ has over Ray Epps' head? Okay, will you plead guilty to this? We can't charge you with anything else related to this time period. But hey, by the way, we've got you on camera doing other things for another 30, 40 minutes. So he's not protected from prosecution for that activity. There is something going on here that does not make sense on a lot of levels. And so that's why going through this surveillance video, I was really blown away to see not only Ray Epps, just his presence there, but what he was doing for almost two hours on Capitol grounds that day. Um, what did Samsel do? Tell our audience, what did Ryan Samsel do that's so horrific that day that they would hold him kind of against the U.S. Constitution for, for three years before trial? Yeah, it's sort of uh, horrifying what's happened to Ryan Samsel. Look, Ryan Samsel uh, has a criminal record. He shouldn't have been anywhere near January 6th. He was a barber in Pennsylvania. I, he told me, decided at the last minute to go, I think, with his girlfriend and someone else to the Capitol. He was at Peace Circle. You'll recall that's where some of the Proud Boys were, uh, Joe Biggs and Ethan Nordine, where a few FBI informants were, by the way, as well. Uh, so Ryan Sam Samsel was there. He was kind of talking talking with police at this exterior bike rack at Peace Circle about 12.50. He's chatting. I think he whispered something to Joe Biggs, one of the Proud Boys. Then all of a sudden he's at police lines. There's some banter back and forth between protesters and police. Uh, Ray Epps kind of pulls Ryan Samsel aside, whispers something in his ear. Well, rather than Ryan Samsel backing off, he goes back to the police line. He turns around his red MAGA hat. So whoever's photo uh, photographing from behind can see, it says, make America great again. Ryan Samsel and a few other individuals get into a physical confrontation with Capitol Police officers. The bike rack is knocked over. A police officer, Caroline Edwards, is also knocked over. Samsel actually went over to her to try to help her get up. She does get up. And they all advance up these stairs towards the west uh, side, west plaza of the Capitol grounds, Ryan Samsel as well, and Ray Epps. So you could see Ryan Samsel walking around. At one point, Ryan Samsel gave aid to a man named Joshua Black who was shot in the um, cheek with a rubber bullet by either Capitol Police or I believe it was DC Metro Police. Uh, so aside from Ryan Samsel knocking over, helping to knock over that first bike rack, which resulted in Caroline Edwards falling down as well, I don't really know what else Ryan Samsel did that's far worse than what Ray Epps did. Ryan Samsel never went inside the building. Um, I believe he probably left even before Ray Epps left restricted grounds. So we've got this really horrific unconstitutional treatment of Ryan hold Samsel. It, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Hang, hang on a second. 
you're telling this audience that you think that Samsel might have left the grounds before 2.50 p.m. in the afternoon is when Ray Epps, at least on the video, left? I believe so. I will double check and let you know. But I believe that he did leave Hold it. before so, 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 Ray Epps. So Ray Epps breached Ray Epps breached the barrier on the other right. side hours before, correct? Was the first guy to breach. Are you telling us that in the video footage that you've seen, that what Samsel does is with other people after he after Epps talks to him? He leads the the breach or whatever it was of the of the bike racks that knocks down the police officer, but then he helps her get up. That's it. There's nothing else this guy does. He goes up to the western side of the building with a lot of other people, including Ray Epps. Uh, you could see him walking around. As I said, he he got into confrontations with police. I don't think he laid a hand on any police officer. Um, but he was helping at least this one individual who had been assaulted by police. I don't think that he engaged in any other violent behavior towards police, but he faces multiple serious charges, including aiding and abetting assault on police and obstruction of an official proceeding, which I will tell you, Steve, it makes no sense giving Ray, uh, Ray Epps' conduct, his presence, his timetable, that he is not facing that felony count that's been slapped against more than 300 individuals. No, he didn't go in the building, but others who were charged with obstruction, including Donald Trump, by the way, who was not there, also have been charged with obstruction. Ray Epps was crucially involved in the two, what DOJ calls breach point one and breach point two, before people got inside the building. He was right there at both of those breach points. And he was there right before the joint session convened. And he stayed there at least another half hour after Congress, after the House and Senate were uh, recessed. And of course, the building evacuated of lawmakers. If there's anyone who should be charged with obstruction of an official proceeding, who helped prompt the shutdown of the joint session that day, uh, it would be someone like Ray Epps. So how does he just get away with this single low-level misdemeanor count? None of it adds up. And I could give you a number of cases I was going through the entire Capital Breach investigation website today. I can give you many, several defendants who did not go inside the building who were engaged in similar conduct or far less serious conduct than Ray Epps, who faced multiple charges, including obstruction, civil disorder, things like that, charges that Ray Epps does not face. What did I want to go back to this? Um, you said Ryan, um, Ryan Sansol told the police what? What did he first tell the police Ray Epps said to him in his ear? What did he say Initially, first? Ray Epps, uh, excuse me, Ryan Samsel told the FBI that Ray Epps was trying to calm him down, basically saying they're the police, they're here to help. Um, Ray Epps said, you know, I was just telling him, no, 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 you know, don't do anything. Doesn't really seem that way if you watch closely. And for people who want to see, I have that video segment also in my piece of Declassified with Julie Kelly. They could see that first breach point and exactly what Ray Epps uh, how his he engaged gauges with Ryan Samsel doesn't seem like that's something Ray Epps was saying, but Ryan Samsel that's what he told the FBI initially in January of 2021. His story now has changed, and this could factor into uh, the Ray Epps situation right now 
as Ryan Samsel is prepared to go to trial next month. What 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 is he? What is Ryan Samsel? He did the what does Ryan Samsel now say? Ray Epps told me. So Ryan Samsel told me over the summer that Ray Epps said, basically, calm down. You don't need to do it. Don't push. We've got more people coming. That is what Ryan Samsel told me Ray Epps told him before this breach. It, there he is right there. Now watch Ryan Samsel. Now, if, if Ray Epps was telling him to calm down, why did Ryan Samsel and others then do that? And why is Ray Epps standing right there? 60-year-old, tough, former Marine. Why is he not pulling these guys back? Now watch him advance up the stairs with the rest of these protesters. You see Ryan Samsel there with Caroline Edwards on the right, attempting to help her up. There he goes right to the front. Caroline Edwards, was she not the one that testified in the from the yes. J6 uh, hearing? She did. Caroline Edwards did testify. She said that she got a concussion from that fall. Uh, she did manage to rebound and go back up to the police line uh, that afternoon. And I believe she even was inside the building. So she did testify. She has just been promoted. Of course, Caroline Edwards did nothing wrong that day at all. Uh, she was hung out to dry, as were a lot of Capitol Police officers by their leadership, not Steve's son, but people like Yogananda Pittman and others. So, um, but you could see there that Ryan Samsel attempted to help her. Ray Epps did not try to help her. Ray Epps basically walked right past her and ran up, and you'll see that in that video too, ran up that platform uh, that kind of caused way toward the building where he then participated was a key figure in the second breach. Let's play this again. And what did Ryan, Ryan Samsel went back up to the, that's the west side of the, of the, right. the capital. Yes. There's this, there he is right there. It's just for a second, a nanosecond. Um, it certainly doesn't seem like he's saying calm down. Not at all. Because Ryan Samsel continues to push, <laughs> continues. That, that's not. Ryan Samsel saying now that he said, we have more, we have more troops on the way. More people to help. coming. That's right. Don't push. More people coming. We have more people Why? coming. Don't why did Ryan Samsel? Ray Epps is correct, Do what? Steve. Yeah, Ray, what, yes. this video, what this video doesn't show is further down at another breach point, there are dozens of people assembled, right? Recall the snow fencing that also got torn down. The, yep. the choreography of this timing, what was happening at this point, Steve, keep in mind, this is 1255 on January 6th. This is right when the alleged pipe bombs were found. This is five minutes before the joint session is supposed to convene. This is a few minutes before Mike Pence drops his bombshell that he's not going to do anything during the joint session of Congress. It is these, and this is one thing that my team and I are working on, this detailed timeline of all of these things that just happened to occur 15 minutes before the joint session convened. 
Um, and so Ray Epps was a key part of that. He said he went to DC to protect his son. Recall he was at Black Lives Matter Plaza the night before telling people to go inside the Capitol. He didn't go, he didn't hear Trump speak. He was either on Constitution or Independence Avenue directing people from the ellipse to the Capitol, go to the Capitol, that's where our problems are. That's what he kept saying. And then there he was for almost two hours, um, really deeply involved at key breach points and initiating some of the confrontations with police, getting doused with chemical spray at least three times and he still didn't leave, why not? And now why is the DOJ and the corporate media covering for him? Okay. Um... Because he's had the 60 Minutes, he's had a couple of uh, great, uh, what we call air cover stories by the New York Times, Washington Post, others. I, I want to go to something. You, more than any human, in fact, is one of the reasons they gave you the footage, have spent, dedicate your life to going through this in detail. Mm -hmm. The people that, uh, I guess the thousand have been charged and moving through the, 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 the um, criminal justice system. Of people that you've seen, and I realize this is a judgment call weighing and measuring what you've seen so far, the people that have done just what you've seen Ray Epps do on all the tape, all the videotape footage we have, not even the testimony, just the videotape footage that you've seen with your own eyes, what have those people generally been charged with, ma'am? They have been charged with things like obstruction of an official proceeding, obstructing Congress, engaged in a civil disorder, interfering with law enforcement, aiding and abetting the assault of law enforcement. Also, I don't, I know this is in my piece. I don't know if you guys have this ready to go, but Ray Epps also handled this huge eight by 10, um, not eight by 10 inches, eight by 10 yeah. foot Trump banner. He put his hands on that. Yeah. He directed it towards police as they assaulted that first police line. I'm telling you, there, there it is. Con conduct like that has put people in jail under pretrial detention, not even being convicted. And this is at about, as DOJ said, 140. So um, this is really precipitated a lot of these confrontations between police and protesters. So how he got away with putting his hands on that, directing people to push that huge metal sign on top of police officers, I don't know how he gets away with no charges against law enforcement. How, um, I get, by the way, we've had Andy Ogles on, we've had Eli Crane on, we've had Matt Gates, Bobert, all of them, in their talk about the, uh, motion to vacate to remove the speaker of the house it's not simply about this fiasco we have with the continued resolution because the clock's going to run out at midnight as i've told the audience uh since we're the tip of the spear of this prepare that's going to happen they always bring up j6 and they say the constituents is one of the top things they bring up where's the j6 right. footage now you're one of the curators they i believe have you received all the j6 footage no, and I will explain this. There's no way to really get all of it. Um, the footage is archived on terminals at uh, a house office building where we have to go. Um, they've got hundreds of cameras set up and they've got it from January 5th, 6th into the 7th. So you can request certain cameras and you can stare at this footage from a camera. Trust me, I've had like 
certain angles that I want to see. For example, I'm dying to see who constructed the noose. Remember the gallows we were told that J6ers wanted to drag Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence? There's no footage of who constructed that. And there's no camera angle that shows that. So, um, but you could request these cameras. They kind of walk you through how to look at it. But Steve, as someone who's called for the release of those tapes since May of 2021, was my first article on that. Um, I can see now the challenge that House Republicans have, that, that staff has in making that publicly available. However, as I said a few weeks ago, um, they have not fulfilled their promise to make this available to the public. I know that they are continuing to work on a system that will enable the public to access that online. Uh, but I will say it is not as easy as even someone like I thought early on. I thought it would be early on. <clears throat> but we put a man on the moon. We're spending $7 trillion this year. There should be. Right. This is, I, I think, this is a priority. This is a priority for other people out there. There are 40,000 or how many hours of actual footage is there right now? We just know from a, from a, a TRT, a total runtime count. Do you even have an idea? Yes, I believe initially we were told 14,000 hours. Now it went to 44,000 hours. But I think that's of the total CCTV system. So this would include grounds. This would include angles and buildings that had nothing to do with January 6th. But I do think in terms of prioritizing the footage, um, all of the relevant uh, camera angles inside and outside the building starting the night before, even the afternoon of January 5th, which was something that I was initially interested looking at certain areas of the building on January 5th, who was there, um, who was meeting, you know, did you see suspicious actors coming inside the building the night of January 5th or early January 6th? Uh, it wouldn't be a heavy lift to prioritize inside and outside the building. Um, and I, I'm still hopeful, Steve, and trust me, I'm pushing as hard as I can uh, publicly and privately to fulfill that promise. Because to your point, and House Republicans know this, January 6th is a top issue to the base. Presidential candidates who refuse to address it or um, House Republicans who think that this is going to go away are very they, mistaken. They, they, they've had a couple of presidents debate these guys. I've never heard them ask the question. To Fox News, these people, it's not, it's not even, it's not even, what are you talking about January 6th? What's that about? There's so many questions. And, and they talk about federal agents. Were you uh, comfortable with the response of Merrick Garland the other day when he said he didn't know how many federal agents and it seemed like a question he never asked? Is that, is that believable in your mind, ma'am? I mean, it is believable that Merrick Garland does not know because I really don't think that he's running the day-to-day -day operations of the Department of Justice. I think that that task runs to, um, falls to Lisa Monaco, his deputy attorney general, long time, as you know, Obama loyalist, former chief of staff to Robert Mueller when he ran the FBI. She, I think, is calling most of the shots. But furthermore, we have not heard confirmation from Christopher Wray how many FBI informants or undercover agents were involved. Um, Stephen D'Antuano, his testimony that was just re released last week or two weeks ago, <laughs> losing track of the time, he ran the Washington field office. He told the House um, Judiciary Committee he didn't know how many FBI informants were involved in January 6th. So it is likely that they don't know, but there's no excuse for them not to, is the point. Because to your uh, what you're saying, Steve, and this is something I hear the most about from people, how many 
undercover agents, how many informants, not just from the FBI. Um, we now know that there were many, several undercover metropolitan police department undercover agents involved, including some who were dressed like Trump supporters, who were chanting with Trump supporters, who were moving towards the west side of the building at the same time Ray Epps was. We know that there were plainclothes Capitol Police officers. We know that there were undercover Secret Service agents. We know that there were agents from DHS involved. So this is something that House Republicans, I think, I hope, are going to get their arms around. Because to, it, I think, most Republicans now view the events of January 6th far differently than at least, you know, Democrats do, certainly not as an insurrection or an and act Cassidy, of Cassidy, in, in, the, in the last, in the last hour, Raheem just, blo- Raheem just released a footage or a photograph that blows up Cassidy Hutchinson's on her assertion she never dated Matt Gates because I think it implies if she lied about that so blatantly, what else is she lying about? And she's one of the biggest witnesses for J6. Uh, right. We got to bounce. I want to make sure everybody gets your content. Just la- one last question quickly. Are you comfortable in this appropriations process that we're getting to the de-woke and de-weaponized? Are you seeing people going there tough and cutting this stuff out, even in the House? And regardless of whether it gets passed ultimately by the Senate and it becomes part of the joint bill, do you see the fight by the Republicans in the House to get to the bottom of all this and to defund what should be defunded? I do. And I think that they're sincere, even some people who aren't as outspoken. I think they are sincere about exposing uh, multiple angles of January 6th. So it is encouraging. um, But really, this DOJ and FBI need to be held in account for what they not just what they did on January 6th, but certainly this retaliatory, abusive, vengeful prosecution that we are only in the halfway point at, Steve, by the way. We've had almost 20 people arrested in the month of September alone. More than 200 individuals arrested this year. Matthew Graves, D- U.S. Attorney for D.C., is not stopping. Merrick Garland's not stopping. Lisa Monaco is not stopping. So uh, this is an ongoing travesty that um, I think Republicans, even those who wanted to keep their hands off of it for the past almost three years, they are not going to be able to. Julie, how do people get to your writing, to your Substack, all of it? So thanks, Steve. I'm at Declassified with Julie Kelly. That's where all my work can be found, Substack. Uh, Twitter, Julie underscore Kelly, too. And Truth Social at Julie underscore Kelly. A blockbuster story tonight from Julie Kelly. The real footage about Ray Epps, incredible, incredible. There's been a guy waiting for three years for trial. Incredible. Back in a moment. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, all the... Folks are over at the House. Uh, it's pretty intense. They've now just announced that the House Republicans expect to hold a political conference meeting tomorrow morning. Per sources, uh, they're going to talk about. Hakeem Jeffries came earlier and uh, and uh, really threw down on um, on McCarthy about they're backing the Senate CR right now. So there's a lot. Of, there's a big firestorm going. I will tell you. The odds that something happens by Saturday night at midnight, I think, are remote. So the the beginning of the process of the de 
the de-financing uh, of the Leviathan. Let's go ahead and play. We got Matt Gates. Let's go ahead and play Matt Gates earlier. This is what's happening now. These amendment process, trying to get arms around defense, trying to get arms around uh, DHS, all of it, uh, the appropriations process. Let's go. Let's go hear Matt Gates. Thank you, Madam Speaker. This Congress has authorized $115 billion to Ukraine. My amendment would ensure that this defense appropriations bill sends no more. $115 billion is an astonishing amount of money, especially when you consider that our nation sits atop a $33 trillion debt and we are facing $2 trillion annual deficits. And it is not as if the $115 billion has brought this conflict any closer to an end. In fact, the massacres and the killing and the death continue. The next statement is so obvious, I can't even believe I have to say it out loud. It does not make the United States of America stronger to borrow money from China to give it to Ukraine. I hear a lot of the war hawks in this Congress stand up and say, well, we have to send a message to China by fighting for however long it takes at whatever cost in Ukraine. The message we're sending to China is that they are engaged in a leveraged buyout of Russia and increasingly of our own country. We've got problems here in America with our own borders. Americans are watching as foreign flags are being erected in the middle of the Rio Grande River while our nation is being invaded tens of thousands every month. And yet we go spend all this money on the border of another country. I do not fear broken Russian tanks rolling through Europe. I fear Russia's nuclear weapons and the risk that we could be sleepwalking into a nuclear conflict that could end life as we know it on the planet. All for what? To live out some neoconservative dream in Ukraine? Give me a break. Right now, a lot of this funding that we've sent for Ukraine has been inflationary. Food and fuel. This is, these are the markets that have been affected globally because of this crisis Madam and Chair, because I have of an amendment the money the we are spending. The, chair, the chair, clerk will designate the amendment. Amendment number 164, printed in Part A of House Report number 118-216, offered by Ms. Green of Georgia. Pursuant to House Resolution 723, the gentlewoman from Georgia, Ms. Green, and a member opposed, each will control five minutes. The chair recognizes the gentlewoman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Chair. Today, I'd like to introduce an amendment that uses the Holman rule to slash the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin's salary, to no more than a dollar, and a dollar is too much money. Let's talk about the job description of the Secretary of Defense. That role oversees the Defense Department and acts as the principal defense policymaker and advisor to the President of the United States. The Department of Defense's mission statement states that with our military tracing its roots back to pre-revolutionary times, the department has grown and evolved with our nation. Our mission is to provide the military forces needed to deter war and ensure our nation's security. Secretary Austin has not fulfilled his job duties. As a matter of fact, he's destroying our military. During Secretary Austin's tenure, military recruitment has reached crisis levels of low recruitment. The numbers show that the Army expects to fall 15,000 recruits short of its annual recruiting goal this year. The Navy is expecting to be short 10,000 recru recruits. The Air Force is down another 3,000. This cannot stand. 
especially with our government funding and fueling a war in Ukraine that is leading us undoubtedly to World War III. Secretary Lloyd Austin failed America with his withdrawal from Afghanistan, making American forces leave in retreat up and I'll be putting it up on Getter later on my Getter account. Uh, Matt Gates, MTG, uh, Rosendale, Andy Ogles, the people you've seen on the show over and over again. Fire breathers over there right now. This appropriations process and the amendments are being uh, tightly fought. And uh, so there'll be more updates. I can tell you this. They're going to have a conference tomorrow morning. They're probably going to vote all night tonight. It didn't end last night until three o'clock in the morning. And uh, we're going to be streaming as much of as possible. If you're so interested, it is, I thought, quite dramatic even last night. And that was the agriculture bill, particularly Andy Biggs. Andy Biggs was magnificent. He went up there every time and talked about the financial crisis of the, of the country. The financial crisis of the country. This is what this is about. And this is going to get quite ugly. It's already ugly. It's going to get uglier. But I believe we have more people coming to our side. Because they understand you, you can't hide from this anymore. Uh, a way to get up to speed very quickly, go to birchgold.com slash Bannon and make sure you go to the end of the dollar empire. The third installment is called The Debt Trap. If you get in and read The Debt Trap, you'll kind of get the nomenclature and the, and the process and procedures of what we're talking about. Today on the show, um, I talked about the d- gap between the five trillion that comes in and the seven trillion that goes out. Well, it looks like the five trillion, they're not going to hit that number. Dave Brett and I did a little bit of math this morning, and I think that the number may come in at four and a half trillion. Why? Because of the slowing of the economy. Less uh, capitals gains taxes from transactions, from mortgages, from all of it, because the economy is, as you can tell, and your lived experience is uh, is slowing. Now, how do you handle that? That's why I think you got to talk to the guys at Birchgold. Go to birchgold.com slash Bannon right now. You get the end of the dollar empire all free, and you can also get some free advice from Philip Patrick and those guys is they tell you what's going on in your country with the Federal Reserve. Remember, in the fourth installment, we talk about the um, about Richard Nixon taking this off, really the convertibility of the Federal Reserve note, your dollars into gold. That stopped in August of 1971, just over a, a weekend. One of the problems I have with this, same problem I have with McHenry and Graves and McCarthy, where's the financial model? that they'd made this massive deal with Biden back in the spring. Did they not know? Did they not do perturbations to that model that said, hey, the economy's slowing. Maybe we're only going to get $4 trillion in revenue. Maybe we're only going to get $4.5 trillion in revenue. If that's the case, maybe they only should have done a one-year deal if they knew that. We want to see and we're demanding to see the financial models. Just like Nixon, when you see this over the weekend, you're kind of shocked. There weren't a lot of perturbations that were run. So. Um, all night tonight, I'll be up on Getter. We're going to have, uh, after the show, we're going to do uh, Raheem's interview. Then there's going to be some Q&A with uh, Grace and Mo. Then we're going to go to Trump's speech, Royce White later. I'll be up on Getter putting up stuff all night long. They're going to be working all night in the Capitol. This thing is coming to a head, and I want to, I want to warn the audience. The number is 202-225-3121 for the House, 202-224-3121 for the Senate. This fight is just, we're just in the opening salvos of this. As much as we prepped you for this and talked to you about this and sent you to Birch Gold to get more information, we're just in the opening segment. This fight is going to be uh, long. It's going to be tough. It's going to be ongoing because it's a nation and financial crisis. If we can't get this right, nothing else is going to get right. You've got to get this right. This is money and power. You believe in limited government? 
What you see him doing on the House floor right now is the way you get limited government. You must take down Leviathan. Let's go to, we got an incredible uh, cold open for Joe Allen. Some very scary stuff going on in transhumanism. Let's play the cold open. I want to bring Joe in. Amazon investing up to $4 billion in startup Anthropic as it looks to stake a claim in the AI arms race. Now, Anthropic is known as the OpenAI rival. It was co-founded by veterans of that company, and it's seen as one of the hottest startups in the space currently. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dario Amodei, who is the CEO of Anthropic. The models just want to learn. You get the obstacles out of their way, right? You give them good data. You give them enough space to operate in. Um, and, and they want to learn. They'll do it. They'll do it. When you add all this together, like your estimate of when we get something kind of human level, yeah. what does that look like? I think in terms of the base technical capability of it kind of sounds like a reasonably generally educated human yeah. across the board. I think that could be quite close um, like that. That could happen in, you know, two or three years. Like we're building up this snowball of like the models help the models get better and, you know, do what the humans and, and, you know, can can accelerate what the humans do. And eventually it's mostly the models doing the work. Like you zoom out far enough, that's happening. But now it's 2030. You've solved all the real problems yeah. that everybody can agree on. <laughs> what what happens next? What what are we doing with a yeah. superhuman god? Voices of people who have died. Absolutely. Adrian Amazon believes nothing says I love you like hearing it from your grandmother who may have died 15 years ago. While AI can't eliminate that pain of loss, it can definitely make their memories last. Let's take a look on one of the new capabilities we are working on, which enables lasting personal relationships. Alexa, can Grandma finish reading me The Wizard of Oz? Okay. You have plenty of courage, I am sure, answered Oz. All you need is confidence in yourself. As you saw in this experience, instead of Alexa's voice reading the book, it's the kid's grandma's voice. One thing that surprised me the most about Alexa is the companionship relationship we have with it. Human attributes of empathy and affect are key for building trust. I love the Starry Night by Vincent van Gogh. This is Alexa's new voice coming in 2024. Amazon going all in on AI to help take its devices to the next level. We've been on that journey to create that superhuman assistant for more than a decade now. But with generative AI, it's now within reach. When, when I think of like, you know, why am I, why am I scared? Um, few things I think of. One is, look, like, I think the thing that's really hard to argue with is like, there will be powerful models. They will be agentic. We're getting towards them. If such a model wanted to wreak havoc and destroy humanity or whatever, I, I think we have basically no ability to stop it. At Ring, we invent stuff like the Ring video doorbell, Ring alarm, and so much more. But where do we go from here? Introducing Ring Always Home Cam. What if we made a camera that can see every angle in your home without having a camera in every room? Meet Amazon One the fast, convenient, contactless identity service that allows you to enter, identify, and pay using only your palm. Watch out for six, six, six. So incredibly scary. By the way, stop giving money to companies that hate you like Amazon. The Jeff Bezos, Washington Post, they tell you every day what they think of MAGA, what they think of the portal. Stop giving your money to companies that hate you. You see right there. 
This is one of the reasons Public SQ is kind of the uh, Patriots Amazon. Not totally, because Amazon's essentially at the end of the day a logistics company. Public SQ sets up entre- totally free. It's an app. It's a site. Entrepreneurs can list to reach the Patriot marketplace totally free of your products and services. And Patriots can go on there and actually buy quality products and great services from people that don't hate you. So go check it out. Go check it. We're building an alternative economy. And the reason is these people suck. And it's time to stop giving your money to people that hate you. Go to Public SQ today. PublicSQ.com. Check it out. Totally free. Um, also, 339 to 93, Matt Gates. we just had that amendment to cut off all money to Ukraine. We've given them what, $120 billion. I want to give them $24 million, billion in a supplemental. Also $300 million in the defense appropriations bill as is. 93 patriots voted against and all Republicans, I believe. Democrat, when the Democrat Party's lined up against something like that, you know it's wrong. Joe Allen. Uh, we had to play this. I know it's a tough news cycle to get into with the transhumanism, but man, what's happening in transhumanism right now is, could not be scarier. Why is this shocking with this massive investment in this? And I got to tell you, the singularity is hurtling towards us, brother. You know, Steve, we've talked about artificial general intelligence now for two and a half years, and it's been very strange to see how quickly it's moved mainstream you remember uh, for the last uh, nine months, we've kind of kept account. How far away are we from the World Economic Forum meeting in January, last January? Because that was when generative AI really got its major push forward, not only to the public consciousness, but also, of course, with massive investment. Uh, generative AI has rocketed forward. It's being used in education. It's being used in entertainment. The Hollywood strike just broke, but my understanding is it's a bum deal, and artificial intelligence will continue to be used to write scripts uh, just with a lot of qualifications. Uh, And of course, news broke uh, just a, a couple of days ago that the CIA is using a new large language model Uh, Across all 18 agencies, actually, um, uh, intel agencies in the U.S., these language models will be used to, uh, as the CIA director said, to find needles in a needle field. It just means that this AI is enabling massive amounts of data to be scoured and patterns to be found in it. It's enabling a surveillance state. And as we just heard with Amazon's head of AI, uh, Rohit, Prasad, uh, the desire of companies like Amazon, of OpenAI, of Google with their chatbots, the desire is to create an empathic human-machine relationship so that people not only trust the machines that they communicate their intimate thoughts over to other human beings, but actually come to trust artificial minds at the other end of that. Artificial minds like GPT from OpenAI, like Bard from Google, like Bedrock now from Amazon, and of course Alexa. It's a very, very strange moment in history to say the least, but now, on top of it all, all of these companies are funding the projects moving towards artificial general intelligence, what they believe to be a superhuman 
computerized mind that will exceed human capacities at all levels. You heard there uh, that Dario Amodei, the CEO of Anthropic, just acquired well, or just invested in $4 billion from Amazon to give them the boost they need to move forward. He believes they'll be able to pull off a chatbot that at least can convince people is uh, an edu at an educated human's level within two to three years. Even if it's twice that, what we're talking about is a bizarre hellscape where human beings have become completely inured to the strangeness of the situation and some portion of the population, I would imagine it'll be fairly large, comes to communicate with artificial intelligence as if it were another human, whether it be through Alexa or whether it be through GPT, which now has the capability to understand spoken human language and respond in spoken human language, uh, whether it be the various chatbots that are being flood that are being rolled out in schools across the country. We are at a point now where that human machine relationship, and then of course with the introduction more and more of physically invasive technologies, even biometric sensors that have now become normalized through smartwatches and various other sensors, that uh, we are moving into a transhuman era. And I, I would like to say that people uh, are, are noticing and that they're shocked. A lot of people are. A lot of our audience are shocked. And, and I think at this point, the, the, the shock has started to subside. They're starting to think, well, how do I live outside of this? How do I move beyond this? But uh, the vast majority of people in America and across the world, Steve, I think are just, uh, you know, they're shocked for about five minutes and then they just scroll on. I think that this because will be man, because, because, because mankind is asleep. Modern life is part of modern life is put man asleep. Man is not awakened. Man is asleep. And that's why they're just going on their business, watching the NFL football games doing what they do every day. Man is asleep. They don't understand. The purpose of the show is to awaken so that you can work on oneself and your nation and your community. Joe, uh, your book goes a long way to awakening people. How do people get it? This is why we're entering the transhuman era. The way you learn about it is dark aeon. So where do they go? Where do they get it? How do they get the rest of your writings since you're the senior editor in charge of all things transhumanist? You can find the book anywhere books are sold. You can find links on my social media, of course, and you can find it at the top of jobot.xyz. Uh, if you are so inclined, do use alternative methods. You can buy it directly from the publisher, skyhorsepublishing.com. And uh, this book really weaves together not only these deep drives to create a god in silico, but also these corporations pouring billions into the projects. Yeah. And of course, the intellectuals, the minds behind it and the techno religion that they have woven and yeah. inserted into the yeah. minds yeah. of billions of people already. We call these, it transhumanism. These people are, yeah, the, these people are creeps. So we're trying to get you prepared for that. Um, talking about cyber, the combination of cyber and artificial intelligence is one of the things that Home Title Lock's warning about. You think your uh, you think your title was in jeopardy with just cyber? The new cyber crimes are a combination of cyber with artificial intelligence, voice recognition, all of it. So make sure you go to hometitlelock.com today. 
Okay, we got on Getter, on Rumble, stick around. We got Raheem's great interview. We got commentary, observation, the questions with Grace and Mo. Then we've got President Trump's speech in Detroit. Then we got Royce White. I'll be up all night putting stuff. There's a gunfight, metaphorically, over on a firefight over in the Capitol right now about the budget. We'll be covering that all night. We'll be back there live at 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. See you then. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.